Hey, this is Matthew's Table podcast channel. We wanted to thank you for joining us today. Hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and reminds you of who you are, but more importantly, whose you are. All right. Good evening. What's up? How's it going? Yeah? All right. We got a action-packed night tonight, so I'm glad uh, you guys made it. I will say welcome to Truth and Grace. Um, if you're not familiar with what this service is, it's, um, it's just where we expose lies that we might have believed and look at God's Word, the absolute truth, to uh, understand um, why and how that's a lie and how it plays out in our life. So um, anyways, uh, just a quick couple announcements. Uh, for those of you who are members or regular attenders, or you just want to be nosy, to be honest, I don't really care. Uh, we're having our family meeting tonight at seven o'clock. So I'm going to, we got to get through this kind of quickly, but, uh, so you're welcome to join. Uh, it's purely just informational. We're going to, uh, share a bunch of highlights, updates, different things. And, um, so that the members, um, the people of Matthew's table are informed on what we're doing. So anyways, that's at seven o'clock. Um, so also, um, you know, we did table talk today. It's always live on Facebook. And we were talking about how oftentimes um, life becomes really busy. And uh, if you're not careful, it just kind of creeps in and pushes out uh, good things and good things can become God things, little g. And uh, we we want to, so for next week, we are not going to meet on Wednesday night for Truth and Grace because we want you guys to rest. We want to practice what we preach and we want you to take next week and spend it with your family and your friends and your loved ones and uh, love on them because it's going to be turkey day. And I know a lot of you probably on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, the night before Thanksgiving, might be traveling to and fro or have some plans already. So we're just we're not going to meet. Um, that's something that we rarely ever do. We want you guys to rest and try to enjoy uh, your friends and family. So um, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and um, get started. I'm going to pray real fast and ask the Lord to help me communicate something that is uh, really hard to understand mentally without truly experiencing a living God. So, Father, we just give thanks for this day. We give thanks for everything that you're doing in our lives, Lord. But mainly, Lord, we give thanks for the grace that you give to the believer to enable them to do the things that you ask of them, but also the grace that is available for the unbeliever, that you stand ready to forgive anyone at any moment. So I just want them to be reminded of that, that you are a good, good father. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, I wanted to be sensitive about even mentioning next week as a holiday. I realize for some of you that that can be a difficult thought, that holidays aren't the best time of the year for you, either due to having a lack of family or the family that you might have may have 
its own issues, right? So uh, although we won't meet here on Wednesday, we would make some sort of provision for those of you who would need to meet with somebody if that's necessary. And if that's the case, just let me or Nick know or somebody. And uh, we, we would never leave anyone behind. So um, we have a kitchen table at my house, and I don't have my wife's permission, but uh, we would, um, I remember early on in, in my walk with Jesus, people's doors open for me. So, um, or we'd be glad to bring you something or anything. So anyways, um, that being said, I, I wanted to be sensitive to it, but also realize that uh, for those of us who do could have that time to rest and not feel guilty about it, right? Like, just love uh, your your people and love love the Lord. So, but that's where we're at. All right, we're at the end of the year, Turkey Day, and uh, Christmas is coming. A time to gather with loved ones. And I don't know about you guys, but my experience is typically uh, friends or family, whatever it is that you call family, can be hard because relationships are hard right? Would you guys agree? Um, I'm not sure about you guys, but for myself, um, I want to be close to the ones that I love, but there are so many opinions and worldviews and personalities that clash and don't play well with others that create a lot of obstacles, right? It's a very unfortunate truth, uh, unfortunate realities. And, and sometimes it seems as if it'd be better if we all just played it safe and avoided the gathering together altogether, right? We might not admit that, but we'll, we'll think that. I've had some very interesting holidays with my family where people ended up drunk and fighting and Christmas trees knocked over and like all, like they, I'm pretty sure there's been a camera follow me at some point, and because there's movies about this stuff, and I'm like, good gosh, it sounds like something happened in my house one time, right? But what happens is, oftentimes we will think to ourselves or feel like it may be better to just avoid getting together altogether, which is our lie tonight that we should avoid important relationships we have with people we love in fear of it not going as well as we, we would want it to go, right? Here's, here's um, man, here's the truth. Like, there's family members and kids of my own that in my mind I think to myself, man, I can't wait to see them. When I see them, I'm going to hug them. I'm going to love them. They will not leave my house questioning whether I care and love for them. And then it happens, and it never plays out like that. And, um, and that's difficult, right? Like, it's hard. Like, you have an idea of what you would want a relationship with someone you love to look like, but all these obstacles kind of get in the way, right? So... Um, Hard feelings, disappointment, unforgiveness, broken promises, things that have been said that can't be taken back, all can make 
our important relationships really hard. One thing that's really spoke to me recently, I was listening to a sermon um, not too long ago, and um, they said that the relationship is always greater than the issue. And I've really been trying to live by that recently. The relationship is always greater than the issue because, frankly, there's been times where the issue was greater than the relationship. Or, I'm sorry, I allowed that issue to be greater than the relationship, and I regret that. So um, just keep that in mind, right? So hard, relationships can be so hard, we say things like, I'm just going to stay in my lane. Or all I know is they better stay in their lane, right? Like there's this uh, thought, this lie, that if we would just stay in our lane or this other person would just stay in their lane, then we can be free from all of the grief or pain disappointment, and all those other things, right? Uh, I have an illustration for you guys tonight that I hope kind of paints a picture for you, but um, me and Brittany uh, recently had been out on uh, date night, and um, we don't get to do stuff like that very often, um, unfortunately, but uh, we were going to go out to eat, and so we head out, and uh, I'm kind of excited because I'm a fat guy that likes to eat, and steak was going to be on the menu, so we're heading that way, and as we're heading that way, I'm going down 54, and I mind you that, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm doing my husband thing, and I'm going to be able to brag about how I was loving on her and taking time with her and all these things, and as I'm driving down the road, there's this vehicle that I noticed to my out of the corner of my eye, it was getting a, a little close. And I didn't pay no attention to it. I was just kind of not thinking much about it. But the next thing you know, it kept getting closer and closer and closer. It was crossing the, the line and getting into my lane. Well, it was a certain part of Highway 54 where it has like the, um, I don't know what you would call that, but it's a concrete bump speed thing right right there and as he was getting closer like I'm getting more scared and more fearful like I'm beginning to question whether we're going to make this out of this alive I'm like saying things that you just shouldn't say I'm gonna be honest about that but like uh it got it took me all the way out of frame because um I was surprised by it I wasn't expecting it I was kind of I was I was in my own lane doing my own thing and they were crossing over, and eventually, like, they didn't even pay attention to what, had ha what was going on to the point to where I, I just had to keep going to the right, and I ran the car into that concrete block at 50 miles an hour. And so then that just totally messed up uh, anything, or, you know, everything for us because someone had swerved over into my lane, literally running us off the road causing damage to my front wheel and had me all tore up. Like I was so mad. I had to just kind of put down to the nearest exit and pull into the neighborhood across from Popeye's to make sure my, 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 my tire wasn't damaged. Like I didn't even know if I could keep driving, right? Like this um, underlying name that goes there uh, had ran us off the road. 
And uh, I was I was mad. Like I, I was just it was I was out of character. I didn't want to hear anything she had to say. She was trying to encourage me, and and and, and I just remember watching that vehicle drive off, and I'm thinking, oh, you don't know the old Roger, do you? <laughs> Right? No, but I was thinking that too. I was like, well, I'm going to get his license plate number and I'm going to turn him in. You know, he, he'll know never to mess with me. How dare them ever do something like that to me? I did nothing to deserve this. And they had the nerve to drive off without pulling over to make sure we were okay or apologizing. They caused me so much emotional stress. Like, uh, I was, my heart was beating fast. Uh, they, threatened me and my wife's well-being, and instantly I allowed their actions to ruin the relationship that meant so much to me because I just I shut Brittany down. I didn't want to talk. I was so mad. All I could think about is how I needed to exact revenge on this fella, and they needed to learn their lesson for never messing with me, but that's what we do, ain't it? Somebody crosses over into our lane, figuratively speaking, causing us emotional, mental, or physical harm, and we allow it to affect all other of our relationships. I want to give my own example. This is kind of my life story tonight. So if, if it will play, I want to play this video, and I want you to kind of see what I'm trying to communicate Operator error? No? Yeah. So, uh, so, so basically what's happened, if y'all could just, just uh, YouTube that video, Will Smith and his dad. Basically what happened is Will Smith's 15 or 16 years old. It's the Fresh Prince, Fresh Raj of Bel Air. And uh, he's living with his parents, and his dad shows up for the first time in years and Will Smith is all excited, and he's pumped up, and he's going to get to spend time with his dad. He packs back his bag, and he gets a gift for his dad. It's a, uh, it's a statue of a father holding his son. And he comes into the room, and the uncle and the dad had been arguing because the dad's telling the uncle, look, I'm about to bounce. I ain't got time to be a dad. And so Will shows up, and he's all excited, and he's like, all right, all right, Dad, I'm ready to go. And he's like, yeah, 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 about that. So, like, I got to go out of town for a couple weeks. When I get back, me and you can get together and spend some time together. And he, he, he's just standing there, and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, Dad. And eventually the dad leaves out of shame and guilt, and the uncle says, look, Will, I'm really, really sorry. I'm really sorry that you had to experience that. And Will just starts going off. He's like, look, I've lived 14 years of my life so far. I learned how to, uh, you know, cut my own hair. I learned how to mow the yard on my own. I learned how to do all these things on my own without my dad ever being in my life. And he just breaks down bawling and crying, and the uncle hugs him. Now, I've lived that literally before. That's happened to me. 
And so I know how that feels, and I know the brokenness that comes from that and where he crossed over into my lane and disrupted everything in my life, crushed me. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to respond to it or react to it. Um, the absence of my father growing up caused me deep wounds that made it really hard to have healthy relationships in the same way that that reckless driver ruined my time with my wife. And it makes the point that I am powerless over what others do, and the only thing I can control is myself. God designed us for relationships, right? And those relationships, unfortunately, are with other broken and imperfect people who will recklessly and selfishly harm us while it's, and, and while it's natural to be overwhelmed with anger or resentment, harboring those feelings, it does nothing but hurt us and others along this journey we call life, right? To never take Brit out again on a date or try to spend time with her out of fear someone else might swerve into my lane is unfair to her and isn't helpful at all. That idea of, well, I'll just stay in my lane and they can just stay in their lane is a lie because outside of moving yourself out into uh, some Montana country wood place, where only the Unabomber uh, lives, right? He got found too, by the way. But to become a hermit and try to cut yourself off from the world and everything else is not the solution, and it's not helpful. So the lie is to avoid being hurt again, I'll never, I'll keep to myself and refuse to let others in because that would be best for everyone. The truth is found in the horizontal relationship, which provides the solution to how we deal with our vertical relationships, right? The horizontal always dictates the vertical. If there is no horizontal, you can expect a whole lot of broken vertical, right? That's been my experience. So I want to share with you a passage real quick and, um, and kind of work ourselves from that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. Paul says, from now on, therefore, we... Re we Christians at Corinth, uh, at the Church of Corinth, we no long we we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him that way no longer. Therefore, this is a popular one that everybody likes to throw around and take out of context. But in this in this particular passage, I'm going to help you guys understand. This is our solution to how we deal with these vertical relationships because people will cross over into our lane. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it doesn't say, therefore, everyone, it says anyone who is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. 
The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ, so this is kind of the gospel uh, proclamation, God through Christ, the death of him on the cross reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, anytime there's a therefore, you need to find out why it's therefore. So we just heard the gospel, and he says, verse 20, therefore, we are now ambassadors for Christ. We are representing Jesus himself in a fallen, broken world. Listen, God making his appeal through us. All y'all don't think of yourselves like that. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That, that there is like, look, you guys know if you're not reconciled to God. Your conscience tells you. You have a guilt that you're living with, and it's, it's causing you to be separated from the life-giving, living God. Paul says, be reconciled to God. Well, how do I do that? Trust in Christ. Repent from your sin, turn to Jesus, and do your best following him, right? For our sake, this is, the, this is the one that you should be very encouraged by. Verse 21, for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. Jesus is the only perfect human being that's ever lived in the history of mankind. You know what that means? You're not perfect. Your name's not Jesus. And even if it was, because there's a lot of Latin folk that name their kids Jesus, Jesus was God. So you're not God either because you didn't create humans. For our, But it's mind-blowing. For our sake, for your sake, he made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, He'd never sinned. He lived a perfect, sinless life so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You want to be made right with God? Trust and follow Jesus. So back to the date night. What did I do to get over that desire I had to chase him down, drag him out of the car, and force him to beg for my forgiveness? I was reminded of whose I am. Horizontal always affects the vertical. So by the grace of God, I never got what I deserved. Listen, this, this is hard, guys, because uh, I deal with Christians every day, and, 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 and oftentimes they have very good reasons to feel the way they feel towards others who have harmed them. But I'm telling you, at the end of the day, it's not as good as what God had to smite you the first time you ever rebelled against him. And I don't like that sometimes. 
I'm just going to, that night, I wasn't trying to hear this. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jesus died. That was great, man. Good. Thanks, Lord. Good looking out, man. I'm going to try to catch up with him, pull him over, and pray with him right now. Not, none of that happened. By the grace of God, I didn't get what I deserved. Therefore, I've found that grace being extended to others has always allowed for love to win. And some of y'all are confused by this because the most grace, I don't even know if this is grammatically correct, but the most graceless people you'll probably ever meet are Christians. If you guys remember that verse that we started out with, um, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It was the grace of God that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. By the grace of God, you who were poor have become rich by trusting in him. So realizing, this is, the, this is the bottom line, guys, like this is the core of the gospel, is realizing what I've done to God and what he's done for me is the solution to how I deal with those who don't treat me the way I would prefer to be treated because God didn't treat you that way, right? Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his love. Well, I wonder what God's love looks like. That while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Yeah, well, he didn't deserve it. No, you didn't either. Like, that's the gospel, right? So, in these relationships that we have, when you realize what God, what, what's been done for you is the solution to how you deal with some, someone you love or care about that's hard to deal with. I'm a new creation today who, for the life of me, I can't make sense of it. I re- Roger, if you could sum it up, why do you think God saved you? I have no idea. If he would have consulted with me first, and God doesn't do that, I would have tried to probably talk him out of it for real. I would have told him, like, no, bro, you got the wrong dude. This guy over here, he's got 50 sins. I have 500. Right? I'm a new creation today, not by my choice, but because he chose to make that happen. And I can't make sense of it. It's by the grace of God. Roger, how, 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 have you, how has your life changed so drastically from being this way to this way, grace of God? How come you haven't made a mistake uh, in this way, whatever that might be? Because I've made that mistake, grace of God, grace of God. That's it. For some reason, he's allowed me to do what I do by the grace of God. Why God would be so kind to me when I was nothing but rebellious, selfish, self-centered, a tornado ripping through the lives of those who loved me, and he saves me and gives me a ministry of reconciliation. Is that not crazy? He makes me an ambassador and trusts me to share his message of good news 
for other sinners by dying a death that I deserve, reconciling me back to God so that I could also live a life extending. This is where people, this is where, I'm sorry, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now, Lord? Connection's breaking up. He dies the death I deserve, reconciling me, closing that gap where I've been separated from God due to my sin so that I also live a life extending grace to those who don't deserve it. In hopes it causes them to seek out the same solution for themselves. Guys, grace is mind-blowing. I, I can't really, like, I understand, or no, I can explain it, but I, I, I don't know that I fully understand it yet. I don't know that I will until I get, get there. Like, I know he's going to, it's all going to make sense when I get there, but as it stands, the truth from the scriptures, as far as what the gospel is, I just don't understand it, right? And Jesus, you guys have seen this before, and it's good. Jesus leaving the 99 to rescue the one seems illogical, irrational, and senseless until that one is you. If he became sin so that I can become right with God, he took on all of my sin, then I should live a life equally as quote-unquote reckless because that's how it feels, or that's the way it looks, by allowing others to get away with being so ugly to me and frees me up to be good for those who deserve the best of me. So when I let somebody cross into my lane, and that just messes me all up, and, I, and then I go home, and then Brittany gets the worst of me because everybody else had gotten the best of me that day until somebody crossed over in my lane, Right? I'm going to read you a quote, and then I'm going to finish, and Roy's going to, Roy, if you want to start heading this way, but I want you to hear this. This is Alfred Plummer. I don't know who that is, but I like the quote. To return evil for good is devilish. To return evil for good is devilish. To return good for good is human. To return good for good is human. To return good for evil is divine. So when I say that you extend grace to those who don't deserve it, it's in those moments where they are literally experiencing the living God themselves because there's no explanation for it. It doesn't make sense, right? So my holiday challenge is that each of you extend grace to those who don't deserve it. Just be full of grace. Walk in it, share it, love on those. One of them teenagers or drunk uncles is going to get smart. Hug them. So, man, hey, that's a good one. Good joke on me. I'm glad you did. was great. Here's a hug. I love you. Like, do something so unexplainable that all they can do is come to the conclusion that you must know something I don't know, and I want to know it. Right? That's the last thing I want to say. Because all of you need to hear it, but there's somebody's particular. Listen. God could never love you more than he does right now. I don't care if you're an unbeliever or a believer because it all took place on that heel. And it's all, it, it, he says, it is finished. 
I've demonstrated my love by sending my son to die for you. There's nothing more that can be done to love you more than he already loves you. So at some point, you just tap out and receive it, or you keep living the life that you're living, always seeking a solution you're never going to find. And it's crazy because it's grace that wins, right? All right, Roy. All right, Roger asked me to give my testimony tonight. Uh, I'm a little nervous, to be honest with y'all. I've been wrestling with it for a couple of days now. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to do the best I can. I'd like to pray first. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would remove me tonight and that you would uh, allow your spirit to speak through me and that whatever I say, Father, would glorify you in some way. And I just want you to receive all the glory for anything that I may say that may touch a heart tonight, in Jesus' name. Uh, first of all, I'm 53. I've been uh, born and raised in Owensboro all my life. I come up with uh, two parents. Uh, we, I was raised in the pro housing projects for, uh, I lived there for about 17 years of my younger life with my two parents. Uh, my mother and father uh, was good parents, very good to me. Uh, we didn't have much but they provided and gave me a good life. Uh, we had uh, things good on Christmas time. Um, my dad smoked cigarettes. It's about the worst thing I can remember, and neither one of them ever drank anything at all. Uh, so I had a very good upcoming. Uh, my mother pushed me in school. I ended up graduating. But uh, anyway, uh, all the way up to about age 15, I did real good as a kid. Uh, my life went really good. Uh, about 16, uh, I started uh, smoking pot. I met somebody, and uh, they introduced me to marijuana. I started smoking marijuana. And uh, uh, I think the next year, I was uh, 17, about ready to graduate, and uh, smoking pot during school. Then I, uh, the first wife of my life, uh, which would be my kid's mama, uh, met me in math class, math class and uh, we ended up having my first kid, which was a girl, and uh, then I graduated, she graduated, and uh, then I, as I progressed, I started doing meth a little bit behind that, and then I started selling drugs. And this is where it all changed for me in life, because uh, selling drugs to me was like my identity, it became, and who I saw myself as a drug dealer. I don't know if that makes any sense to y'all, but I really, thought that's who I was in life. And it progressed, so the fact was that uh, after a year of being married and my daughter was like two years old, uh, the police came in and uh, of course my daughter was there and uh, she was pregnant with my son at the time and uh, they seen me get arrested and uh, so I got my first sentence was five years. It ended up, they probated that. Anyway, it wasn't long, um, I got in trouble again and uh, this time I got another six years, and they combined it for 11 years. And in long story short, I went uh, to prison. Uh, the, and uh, the wife of my, my kids uh, ended up leaving me in there. My father died while I was in there. Uh, I got out after I did about 26 months. I was probably out two or three years or something. 
started selling drugs again. Uh, don't tell me, don't ask me why. I don't know. You think I've learned something, but didn't. Anyway, uh, it wasn't long. The police was knocking at the door again. This time, my son was in there, and about six of them come in, and uh, it dramatized him, scarred him for life, probably. And uh, anyway, must, the long story short, uh, I've been arrested and uh, busted for trafficking like four or five times now. I've spent like seven years of my life, maybe eight, in the penitentiary over it. My kids has only seen me a few times, and when they did, I didn't recognize them because I was always selfish, and I was always thinking about the one thing, and that was my drugs of my, and just me, just what I wanted to do with myself. But little did I know uh, I was scarring my life, my children, but I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it at the time. But anyway, uh, all that leading up, I'm 53 years old, so all that leading up to now, two years ago, uh, 2019, I turned around and got uh, busted again. Same thing, selling drugs, what have you. Uh, but at this time, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm not, I have never been a father or anything to my kids. Uh, I've known God parts of my life in this during this time, but I never really knew who he was. Uh, there's even at one time I thought I might have been saved, but it was just an emotional thing. Uh, but uh, when this time happened here, uh, I, I knew before it came that I was just wore out. I was miserable out there this time, and I think I was looking for this to happen this time around, it seemed like. But anyway... Uh, Long story short, when, it, when I got busted this time, things wasn't any different, and I was just looking again to just get out of trouble or go do my time or whatever it's going to take, and then here I am again, I figure. But uh, uh, when I went to jail this time, uh, my, I got back out for a, uh, a week later, and uh, my son-in-law came to me, and he was telling me about Friends of Sinners, and he said, uh, this is the last chance you're going to have, and uh, this is probably going to be your... Your daughter probably not gonna love you, and uh, your mom's probably gonna die, and this and that, and why you're in penitentiary, and those things ring the bell to me. But what really ring the bell to me is I was tired, and I was wore out, and I was tired of living that life that I've been living. They, you know, the insane they say is uh, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Well, I never got any. I got the same results every time. So anyway, uh, long story short, uh, I went to jail again. Uh, because I broke probation. I was on probation when I got this, these charges. So I went to jail, and while I was in there, I just I had a long talk with God for a minute of who I thought he was. And I just asked him, I said, God, if you give me another shot, uh, I would uh, be willing to surrender everything to you. But I think uh, when I look back, one of the things that struck me the hardest this time is I seen Jesus through the guys that Friends of Sinners, the love they showed me, made me see something different this time that really changed my heart because somebody cared. Uh, not that I really wanted anybody to, but it made me see something of them that it's like, man, they, they care about me. They're giving me a shot. They're telling me about something that I, that I see is real in them, and it made me want it. So when I, when I said that uh, prayer in jail, I got out, and the first thing I did, that's when uh, Matthew's table was over in the gym, at the Elizabeth Money Center. And uh, I kept my vow to God. As soon as I got out, they let me out. I went straight to church. And as soon as I got in there, I hit the altar. Because 
I wanted it. I was ready for that surrender. And what happened this time is God changed my heart, y'all. I never had that. I didn't know what I didn't know what that was. I mean, I, I'm I'm serious. And boy, when He changed my heart, He changed everything about me. He changed me into Bill seeing that I had kids, not drugs, not uh, the streets, not penitentiary, and I still got a chance. And God's giving it back to me now. He's turned my whole life around, the way I think, uh, the way I live my life, my friends, everything in my life is different. I mean, and the desires of the drugs, the alcohol and all that, he took it. I, I, I'm going to be honest, y'all. I'm serious. He took it away from me. I'm not saying I don't think sometimes about, I see a liquor store or something and think, that bottle, but uh, I got a scripture I want to read. And I'm a, Roger told me to hurry up, so, <laughs> all right. But, um. Uh, this is what I live by today is uh, don't be conformed. To, it's Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing of your, uh, by, by, by the testing, by the testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And also uh, one of the other things that I go by is uh, uh, 1 Corinthians no temptation has taken you that is not common to man, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. What I'm saying is today, the Holy Spirit reminds me every time I think of something, that's true, the Holy Spirit does live in you when you give your life to Christ because it works in my life every day and it reminds me. And God does provide a way of escape. I know y'all probably... Kind of, you probably do know what I'm talking about because every time we have a bad thought, when you're living for Christ and you're a child of his, he'll give you another thought, the thought that you're really supposed to take. And that's the thought that we, we got to learn to live with. And a lot of times it's, it's the word is what we got to have in us. That's why we always need to be in this word and keeping it in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, because that's what's going to back us up when the devil comes against us. Um, and uh, renewing your mind is like, it's only a thought before you make an action. It's not a sin until you make an action. So if we can learn to, you know, just control our thoughts and let God speak to us when his Holy Spirit is speaking to us, uh, that could do a world of things for us. And, and that's how you know you're a child of God when he's speaking to you. And you're, you're living for him. You're living for the spirit and not the flesh. Uh, I'm just going to try to stop there, I guess. But uh, it seemed like there was one more thing I was wanting to say. Uh, well, that's another thing. God has restored my relationship with my daughter. But I got another little kicker, though. My son has followed my footsteps from all that time. But God's changed him around, I'm hoping. And uh, he's in prison right now, and he just got paroled. Uh, he's supposed to come live with me. And uh, I'm just, I've been praying to God and putting it on God to hopefully change him around, see what happens with him. I've been witnessing to him. But it's an opportunity to show him who I am now in Christ, to show him a new creature. And God's gave me that opportunity, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say one more thing. Today, I actually lived out the spirit of what Christ can do. Because at work today, this, just this morning, I went to a job site to take a wheelbarrow to a guy. And he had a, it was him and a Mexican. It was a foreman and a Mexican. Uh, his name is... Uh, Antonio, but anyway, 
I got bad shoulders, so I was get, trying to get this wheelbarrow out, and I couldn't get it off the truck without I was going to scratch it. So I hollered at him, and he was getting something out of the truck. And uh, I said, can you give me a hand? And he was like, oh, I was mumbling something and cussing over it and what have you. But then he came over, and he just grabbed the wheelbarrow by himself out of the truck, slammed it down, and went back over and was saying all kinds of stuff. And, and I'm going to be honest with y'all. At first, I got furious. The old roar came out for just a second in my mind. I thought, man, and then I, I, I'm serious. The spirit caught me just like that. And you know what came to my mind? The word of God. I'm serious. It, it beca because it tells you just to be gentle like Christ would, to be kind. In any situation, like that, we ain't to quarrel with people. And I was like, thank you, God. I was, so I went over gently to that guy, and I said, I'm sorry, man, if, if uh, I made you think that I was just trying to use you or anything. I just got bad shoulders, and I'm very sorry. I just wanted to apologize and just let you know that I was needing your help. And, man, it was like, there's no better feeling than God speaking to you like that. And then you go acting out on it, what the Spirit tells you. Man, that feeling I had when I went back to the truck, it didn't matter no more what happened. God, the peace of God came through my heart over that and just acting out what the Spirit told me to do. That's all I got, y'all. Thank you for letting me speak to you. All right, I'm going to pray us out, y'all. Father, we just want to thank you tonight for the time you've given us together. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy that you bestow on us each and every day. We pray that you would go with us when we leave here tonight. Guide us and direct us. Keep your word in our hearts. Keep us faithful to you and obedient to you, Father, in everything that we do. And we just praise you and thank you for everything that you do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Five minutes, guys. We'll get started with the family meeting. Five minutes. Hey, thanks for joining us today. A special thanks to those who sow into this ministry. If you'd like to partner with us financially, text all one word, Matthew's Table, to 73256. That's Matthew's Table to 73256. It's because of you this ministry is possible. If you like what you've heard, click the subscribe button and share it with your friends. You never know what God can do through your one act of obedience. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. God bless.